When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, what up? It's Lowell's Live Wednesday evening, and we have brought in a very special guest. You know, Brian and I normally like to reserve these airwaves just for us. We like to hog all of the airtime, but occasionally a guest will come along that's so special, so good that we'll break our rules. And of course, we have Chris Spaggs joining us along with my usual partner in crime, Brian Hooper. How are we doing, guys? I'm excited. I've watched the show many times. I've actually never seen the intro, so I hadn't heard that chip tune beat that opens it up, which I think is just fantastic. I I love everything about the show, and I've watched it. But now that the chip tune's in, like I'm all in on it. I was a big fan of like Ana Managuchi, whatever that one was, when I was like 14. I, I might be going. Oh, you're gonna say Anamanapia, the uh, literary device. <laughs> no, Anamanaguchi. No. Okay. Yeah. Anamanaguchi is like a, a chip tune, eight bit music group yeah. that I I think I don't know. They might be Japanese. I feel like that was <laughs> that was the vibe that I picked up. It's so convincing as an eight bit tune that our iTunes tag is video games. It just <laughs> auto put us in that thing. I was trying to have Brian to see if we could get it removed, but I think we're just a video game show now. Brian is uh, trying to change his Patrick Beverly lineup, so he's a little preoccupied right now. No, I'm trying to get the prop bets in still. Okay. He's finally, to- the app just started work. It finally started to work. Here, let me go over. Brian posted some prop bets. I just fired at, at – oh, let me actually switch my, uh, my screen here. We'll get them up on the screen here if you guys want to bet along at home. Spags, do you have any action on the, these NBA games tonight? I am only playing, I told these guys before we came on the air, uh, FanDuel, I'm getting to play a little more because I'm not having to host shows uh, with this being my my gap week between Osmo and Vegas Insider. And uh, FanDuel is my sweat tonight because I actually have a lineup that can do some damage with Paul George still left. Um, so that's all I have. I'm not, I can't legally bet in California. So I'm gonna have to like actually to, to do what I'm supposed to do for Vegas Insider. Or I'm gonna have to get in on the Bitcoin betting again, which is such a hassle to deal with. But I feel like that's the best route when you're not in a legal state. It's true. It's true. I'm in those Bitcoin streets. Brian and I have not been promoting any one specific book. We're holding out for sponsorship money here. Uh, the, Brian, run us through these these prop bets here. What are you liking? What are you seeing? What did do we you, need to do? Did you say you bet Donkinch? Uh, I did. I bet the under. That's a negative bet. You're not supposed to bet that. What, so why are you putting it on the screen? <laughs> Just to show it's a bad bet. <laughs> what you're putting up bets we're not supposed to bet i don't yeah. know how this twitter tout works this is why cash out king is my twitter tout because brian is putting up bets i'm not supposed to make yeah that was the and that was the worst side of it too good job 
Yeah, isn't it obvious the green ones? That's spreadsheet life. Yeah, man. how is that not what, that, what, that what obvious? Are you to, what are you trying to do? We, you just make yourself the, the VLOOKUP king instead of the deposit king. Oh my god, I just <laughs> learned how to do VLOOKUP like four months ago. <laughs> I I am not taking any blame for you betting uh Doncic there. Um I bet I did bet Leonard and, and Hardaway, and it did and the line did move too. So since this is one, this is go. disgusting. The one time I finally tell your bets and I don't, I don't even know how to read your stupid spreadsheet. Now here's what you do. You hammer the other side for three X and you can't lose. Spags, have you been uh, following the Cash Out King saga? No, I have not. I've, I've, I've been sort of just getting through my own emotions from, from leaving Osmo and then trying to, you know, the last couple days, I feel like mostly been in a haze of, of substances uh, to try and get through the time off. But I would love for you to catch me and all the viewers up. Yeah, I mean, if you were if you're worried about your kind of roller coaster of emotions, I can't even imagine what you'd feel a day following the cash out king. I mean, Brian, I would say it has everything you would want. Um, you know, if, if you were to drop a script of, you know, the highs, the lows, tears, laughter, you know, calls for feds, you know, murder accusations, you know, it, it basically has it all. You know, the, uh, uh, the Goodwill hunting script, I guess like the original one had like this FBI, um, piece to it where like they were after Matt Damon's character, like that's that's kind of in line with the cash out king the fbi's in, involved uh <laughs> he's already banned from the only legal illinois sports book that accepts online wagering and it just opened up like a month ago not even the the other thing about cash out king that's so funny is he's now he, he's calling himself a twitter personality and he's gained like 8,000 Twitter followers just by hosting these contests where if you retweet and follow, you know, he will, you know, supposedly send you money. So I, I just have to put a little asterisk next to the Twitter personality there. I mean, Spags, you, you know, you're you're well versed in the social media sphere. Is that is that allowed to grow your following strictly via money cash giveaways? I mean, that's what people are doing. Like there've been people who I've seen recently who, you know, no, no disrespect to anybody who's done this, but given like, uh, you know, premium memberships away to not to only fans, which that I would get if you're giving those away for free, but given like to, you know, data sites or whatever. And they're just like average guys are just buying a membership for people. And I, I think that's the move to try to promote yourself, I guess, for people who don't have, you know, who aren't going to be doing Periscope streams every day like Pete, where that's <laughs> your promotion mechanism is just that top of Twitter at any given moment you have a show. So people need to do shortcuts to get there, I guess. And that's that's the giveaway game. One of these days, I'm going to start charging people. One of these days. Until then, just uh, enjoy the free content. Brian, Brian wants us to go to a premium model. He said, we got to put it behind the paywall. It's too good. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah, you got to get them hooked first. Give them, you know, the really the thing that you always got to do is give your picks up top, give your best picks, and then tell them everybody else like, oh, well, those were the free ones. The paid ones are, you know, behind the paywall. Those are the really good ones. So Even better, Spags, you give the picks that your loyal fans think they're supposed to bet, and it's actually the ones you're not supposed to bet. That's how you really transition to a pay model. And you hope that your the people looking at your Excel spreadsheets don't get conditional formatting. That's a big part of it, too. <laughs> Oh, man. We got a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn about Excel. Brian has a lot to learn about how to tease which prop bets he wants people to tail. I think you guys got to meet me in between here. I take no blame. I take no blame. Ricky, uh, 
Ricky Beer says if we give him the first 30 days for $3, he would subscribe, which there's no conditions on how much we could charge after that, which is nice for us. Automatic renewal. That's the lifeblood of the industry. <laughs> so, Spags, before we, we get too deep down the rabbit hole, you you uh, left Osmo. You, you're starting a new gig up in the gambling space, no less. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm doing a Vegas Insider who's owned by Better Collective. They own... Uh, that site, Vegas Insider has been around since 1997, but I think got acquired a year ago, two years ago for a good amount of cash. So um, it's exciting to come onto a site that's had that following where I know, like I looked at the followers on their Twitter handle and, um, you know, guys like Warren Sharp are following it and like really, you know, entrenched in, in people who've known Vegas stuff for a while. But, you know, my job coming in is going to be to head up the podcast and video and and try to get, you know, this kind of quality content that you guys have into the ecosystem there, because that's what everybody wants to do is to have, you know, their personalities and and have that be an important part. And I think for them, because they're a site that's, you know, been around for so long, you kind of, I think, have to learn some stuff that's of the modern times and of, you know, the, the YouTube ecosystem and the, the periscopes and the podcasts and all that. And it'll be fun. I think there's some projects coming up, like one with a, a Hall of Fame kicker is going to be, I think, the first podcast project. I don't want to spoil it, but it's a, a Hall of Fame kicker who's not Pat McAfee uh, be doing a podcast with. So, Jason Elam? <laughs> uh, I, I can't say. I can't say. But uh, let's just say he's got a bit of a European flavor. Oh. Brian, I don't know if you're looking under uh, who follows this account, Spags. I'll do it on stream. I'll, I'll hit I'll hit the follow button to support okay. you there. Oh, that's you my number one here who follows it, my mutual. Cash out king. Cash out biggest <laughs> insider. So he is legit. That proved it right there. I just said that all the legit sports bettors yep. follow Cash Out King Nubro Udo. See, he's the CEO of Sweat Nation. It's nice to see him rising up to professional ranks like that. We laugh because Spags is like trying to play it dumb that he doesn't know Cash Out King. He's currently in the pipeline to get hired by Vegas. That's going to be your first big hire, Spags. Yeah, that's I'm wasting all the salary cap on that one. When you get the Cash Out King, you got to bring big money because you're not only paying for him, you're paying for all the followers that he has to also get. Oh, Ricky, Ricky Beer said his joke was a reference to OnlyFans. My wife will be very happy that I didn't get that reference there with the, the pay model on OnlyFans. Spags, this is a safe place. Do you subscribe to any OnlyFans? No, I do not, though. There is a girl who I once was friendly with who does have an OnlyFans page, and she just upgraded to like a house in the Hollywood Hills, and uh, she's <laughs> she's doing well for herself. And I don't think she even posts, you know, she doesn't go the full Monty on there either. So that's... Uh, that's a lucrative space if you are a, a blonde person who is good at Instagram. There you who, go. Me, which is you. I, so I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I probably have a better future on OnlyFans than I do in sports betting based on my bet uh, that Brian posted there. But uh, hey, guys, when Luka Doncic scores less than 31 points tonight, the joke's on all of you. Good luck. No, Jake, I know what OnlyFans is. I didn't get the reference to this specific payment model joke, which is clearly something where it's, you know, pay up front a little bit. You get a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I love Jake saying in this economy, too. Like, <laughs> now more than ever, how could you not know? It's a viable revenue source. Honestly, uh, California might ban Uber and all that. So OnlyFans might be more important to the gig economy than, than actually driving a car. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, COVID stock, Uber goes down, OnlyFans goes up. It just, uh, it's how it works. <laughs> if you're not going out, you got to do something. And that means perusing the, the pages of OnlyFans. Jason in the YouTube chat wants to keep guessing at the Hall of Fame kickers. He wants to know, is it Sebastian Janikowski? 
It is not, but you're getting closer, getting getting warmer, warmer, or as we say in Europe, getting warmer. Okay, <laughs> all right. We're going to have a European accent, really, really coming along well. Jay Feely, I don't believe, is a Hall of Famer, but he did play golf with our big boy president. Is it Jay Feely? It's, it's not, not European. Feely, it's not European. Definitely has the vibe, I think, could work for content, though. He would be a good, like, Aubrey Huff type, I feel like. Wow, this this whole show is going to be everyone just guessing the kickers that they know. Morton Anderson, <laughs> a legend. He 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 can barely speak English, can he? <laughs> Even though he played in the league for forty seven years. There you go. Um, all right, DFS. You guys are playing NBA. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't, I can't even do a single prop bet correctly. How am I supposed to adjust <laughs> my exposures based on breaking news? You shouldn't do it, honestly. I mean, uh, I love it. Playoffs is the best for DFS. I mean, as long as there's still a big slate showdown, it gets a little bit weaker, but the minutes are a little more projectable. You, you know, the guys are playing high 30s to 40 minutes, so you can load up on the stars. And if you get guys like Rosa, Royce O'Neal to go off at 10% on FanDuel, you're feeling pretty good. So that's thank, all praises to my, my man Royce O'Neal. Um, but you you know the game better than than Peter here. No offense to Peter. So like a lot taken. <laughs> so like he can it like I, I said last show or whatever two shows ago. NBA is the more the most like art than science of DFS in my opinion. Um, it's still mostly science, but like if you if you can't make quick adjustments and stuff like that, you don't know all the players. It's pretty tough, and you got to pay attention all night, especially with late swap on both sites. You're just dead if you, if you don't if you don't adjust for this news. Like obviously with Beverly out now, it's definitely like a full time job now with the bubble schedule and all that. Where for me, like my last couple of weeks were right up uh, aligned with the bubble and then getting content out. I'd have to wake up on the West Coast seven a.m. to start writing a column. Then I would do a column. Then I'd have to do a stream like an hour later. So that hour between is when I get my lineups in and, and get a feel for how people would be building if they're hand building or doing crunches or whatever. Uh, so it's it's definitely been fun. Like I've, I enjoy it a lot, but I think, you know, that could be off-putting for somebody like Peter who's got so many streams to do and so many uh, so many shorts to wear without zippers on it. I think that's occupies a lot of time. So many, so many negative EV prop bets to make. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to continue to dunk on myself. So I bet... The total points line for Luca, the one you posted is 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 that fantasy points, Brian? The X points? No, 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 just just points. Okay. Whew, I was worried that this was some fantasy points bet rivers thing that I had messed up too. What does the X stand for, Brian? Expected. Okay. Extreme. <laughs> I can't I can't read your spreadsheet. I mean, Brian, you beta tested your spreadsheet with me, and I think um I think we need to go in the lab. And uh, I'm thinking some like bright yellow arrows that this one I think would help us all out. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I think it's pretty idiot proof, but maybe not. I think I think I proved it isn't. <laughs> uh, so Spags, what uh, what are you doing with all your uh, you have a little break here in between uh, in between gigs? Yeah, I'm just hanging out mostly. The girlfriend's off tomorrow and Friday, so I think we're going to go to the beach one day and I'll I'll burn really terribly. I actually went to a bar for the first time uh, with a couple friends who I I trust in terms of their distancing and not being too gross. And uh, it was weird because it ended up being a day yesterday uh, where there it was a bar that had the Celtic game on and it was just chock full of like elderly Irish people, which I feel like kind of made me feel better because if anybody's going to get it and have a worse time with it, it's them. So I felt like that was drinking, being elderly, you know, all those things. But 
um it was nice getting back out there and like hanging out with people even though you kind of feel like you're i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about things but i feel like i'm cheating the process if i did that too much yeah i did my wife and i we did went out like our street that we're on has a bunch of restaurants and they closed down the whole street so that they could have outdoor seating uh in between and i hadn't gone for a while we went uh, a week or so ago and it was nice but like i still just didn't feel like i could fully enjoy myself i just didn't have that because we've been doing takeout and stuff and i'm like i just enjoy myself so much more just sitting at the porch at home but uh it, it's nice to feel normal but it's it's still not quite the same for me yeah if i were single i'd be like gnawing at my hands like i don't know i have friends who've like found girlfriends during quarantine either through an app or through whatever, you know, other means that go on the black market, I guess would be the other way that that would go down. And um, it's one of those things where it's like, I I would really not be able to handle that situation of having to FaceTime date and like do that. I, and you put on your like your your cute J. Crew shirt to like do a FaceTime. Like, I think I'd rather rather just be in a J.O. cave forever. Are you saying <laughs> your friends bought people on the black market? <laughs> no, no. They found love the traditional way or okay. maybe bought people. I don't know. I mean, I don't the know. legal black market. I don't know. No, so no. Uh, Spags' career at Vegas Insider was cut short by human trafficking. <laughs> Cracked by, crack by uh, Detective Tommy G. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a great run there, Spags. Uh, where are you? Are you in right in uh, LA? I mean, you don't have to give me your geocache location. I'm just, I'm just curious. I'll hit you with the coordinates now over <laughs> text because Pete and I are text buddies. We are at that level of our of our friendship. But no, I uh, live by da- like downtown LA by Staples Center, so not too far from there. And the LA Live, it's like normally a cool area, and it's actually you know still uh, might be a little better now because there's less people going to work there uh, every day. You know, as filling up the traffic and filling up the streets. But um, it's a cool area. Like it's LA is very much kind of a, a flat area because there's so many people who live here now, and um, you know there's really wasn't enough houses on the west side. And downtown has been the, the beneficiary, though. Uh, probably less people renting here because we have gigantic buildings that have gone up within the last four or five years and didn't fill. And now with coronavirus, like nobody's moving anywhere. Like we moved to a two bedroom within the building because it was just like a really good deal relative to what it was. So I know you guys want to know real estate speculating in downtown LA as part of this shit. <laughs> Hey, have, this, you, have you uh, considered uh, moving out of the city as a lot of people in these big cities are moving out? I I don't view that as something I want to do right now. I mean, people we know live in the Valley out here, which is fun. And um, there was an opportunity. I mean, maybe in the future, they've, they've talked, uh, Vegas Insiders talked about moving to Vegas and setting up a studio there. And there was another company I talked to who's got a big studio in Vegas too. And I was like, it would be kind of cool to live there because houses are pretty cheap and you get a pool and like a putting green and stuff for <laughs> like 250 grand, 300 grand, somewhere in that range. But um, I don't know. I like the city. Like I grew up in New York City, so I don't really have any frame of reference for living like a quiet suburban life. Yeah, I was just watching uh, Hard Knocks, the most recent episode, and saw Jared Goff. He was debating what to do with some of his space down there, and he said he wanted to put in the basketball court, and then he's like, no, I'll, I'll blow out my knee doing that. So then he just put in like a chipping green, but it's from like an elevated location. So he just gets to practice 30-foot chips all day. It looked lovely. He was so confident he was going to get a hole in one on camera. And I was like, boy, you, you must have jinxed that real bad. And they probably shot him for a good hour and he just could not get one in. Brian, have you uh, watched any of the new Hard Knocks this year? Nope. Yeah, it's it's weird because they don't have, you know, normally they rely on kind of the narrative arcs, right? Of like following people and what's going on, but they just don't have that capability. So it's just, they they have access but they they're struggling to find storylines, but I'm still appreciating just kind of the sound bites. 
I think it's just reassuring. Like I think them, you know, MLB too, the fact that they've been able to get things going with much less planning than it seems like the NFL has. Like, I think it's mostly given me faith because like psychologically, I feel like I haven't been mentally there for football season because I've always had in the back of my mind, like, what if it doesn't happen? What if they just push it back? Like I didn't even email my friends in my high school, a season long league that we've been doing forever until this week. Cause I was just like, I, I want to make sure there's actually going to be games going on before I bother people with families and stuff to do a, an, a, a draft, a salary cap draft, I think is what they're calling it now. Um, it's it's weird. I, I'm encouraged by it, but nobody's watching Hard Knocks this year, which I think is kind of odd because I'd be very curious and I was very curious. I wonder if the NBA playoffs are just kind of overshadowing. I haven't got to watch a lot, but the from what I'm hearing is people are saying the product is is great. Brian, do you find the level of play and the entertainment value to be higher than normal uh, because they're not traveling as much and rest isn't as big of an issue. Like the the actual games. Yeah, I don't watch them. <laughs> I should know that. I knew that, uh, <laughs> but I tried. I tried. Spags, have you been watching NBA at all? I've I've have NBA on currently right now. I'm actually looking through my ring light to the TV to see Shake Milton uh, pass the Joel Embiid breaking an assist uh, opportunity there. So that's not my favorite. But I love it. It's been a great product. I think these guys too, like there have been reports that like Bill Simmons is on his podcast had somebody saying like, oh, these guys are getting sick of it. So they're going to like bump up the schedule and make it even tighter. So these guys can get out faster. But I feel like this would be the time of your life if you're other than, you know, the no girls part. Like I'm sure that's not the best when you're 23 and you're used to kind of that that sort of road times. But like I feel like besides that, your camaraderie wise and like just when Dame Lillard puts up 50 or 60 points, everybody talks about it. Like that's got to be fun and kind of feel like a, a college or high school environment, I would think. Brian, you're not watching sports. Are you no. watching? You're not watching Hard Knocks. No. What are you? Are you watching anything? Are we binging anything on Netflix? No. PBS. Nope. Lowell's archives on YouTube. That's all I listen to on <laughs> over and over again. I watch just like YouTube. Yeah. Just YouTube shows and stuff. That's what's uh, what's good on there these days? Um, not much. Like I watch. Uh, what 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 do I watch on there? Ricky Beers oh, wants to know what the fuck is this dude doing with his time? <laughs> <laughs> Making I, great spreadsheets. I, I try to golf during the day. Yeah, like today, um, which takes a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watch. Uh, I watch a lot of um, shows like Part of the Problem by Dave Smith, Michael Malice's. Uh, two shows um tom woods show a whole bunch of guys no one no one listening to this would care about are these all asmr shows i don't, I don't even know what asmr is <laughs> what is it do i have to google you, it or you tell me you don't know what asmr is brian <laughs> i think you i think you'd really like it you put that straw in your mouth brian <laughs> swirl it out a little bit for us just as brian <laughs> I, uh, I should always turn, turn on the listener or it's like down. a it's like a fetish thing that involves yeah. like whispers yeah, and, noise and textures yeah and i think it could be some direction too i think there may be a, a crossover with the joi videos of when i i don't know to be clear this is not one of my things i just i just like to know a little bit about everything so i think only that, fans <laughs> uh what, what else do we got here black market purchases <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you set me loose after 8 p.m. East Coast time. It just all goes to crap. You don't, you don't have a corporation behind you, so all bets are off. 
Okay, Jay Kari, not all of us are just like 24-year-old perverts like you, all right? Just playing <laughs> fantasy hockey on OnlyFans and chatting, you know, with your ASMR groups. Okay, Jake? Um, Brian, how, how's the golf game these days? I've, I've been now kind of on more of a routine playing, uh, at least getting around in a week. I'm starting to, I got the bug. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm, I'm playing the best I've ever played. That's not saying much though. Unfortunately, I wish I was better, but it's so fucking hard. I don't get why that game is so hard. Right. You know, like you could go shoot hoops and I haven't played basketball in years, but I guarantee I can make some hoops. You know what I mean? Like a few of them would go in, even though I, you know, I'd run out of steam really quickly, but like someone starting golf, they might not even be able to hit it. Like yeah. legitimately, they might not even be able to hit it. And even if they do, like they have no idea where it's going and it won't go far. And it's so strange. It's just a little ball sitting right there. And, uh, I, I don't play much golf. I, I have, you know, historically played a little more, but I don't have clubs out here. And now you can't rent clubs. So I don't, I feel like that's been the thing limiting me because I have a buddy uh, who has been trying to get me to go out. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to do this right now. And I don't care enough to try, but I enjoy golf. Like bachelor party golf to me where you're doing a, a best ball type of thing. I feel like that's the one where you want to be, where you're all hanging out. You don't have to pressure. If you, if you have bad shots, you have one guy in your group who hits it. And then occasionally if you have one good shot and help everybody out, they're like, it's like you're Rudy for that moment in time. So that's, that's when I like golf the best. You can always make a putt in those best balls. Mm. I think the thing that's so to your point, Brian, of like, I, I will, I will lock in on something like I'll, I'll fix, you know, my grip and my swing will be great. And then I'll bend my knees like literally a centimeter more than I was before. And then I'm just like hitting it so fat and a huge divot. And I'm like that just those millimeter adjustments can yeah. just completely throw off and undo all of the other stuff. I think that's why it's just so massively frustrating. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. If I, cause I'm at the place now where if I uh, make like a small change, you could have a big difference on the ball. So yeah. like, where before I was so bad, I was just trying to get it down there, you know, down in, in the direction I'm trying to go generally speaking. But now, yeah, I'll, I'll if I do make a change, even if it's small, it could, it could hurt me. It won't be even worth it. I've been watching more PGA during the quarantine just because of betting more on it and playing more DFS in particular. And like, I watch the guys now and I see their form and I, I continue to think, and I had like the straight arm in particular. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I've been doing wrong all this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what really is going to screw me up. I'm going to throw out my elbow trying to have a straight arm on shots. If I ever get back out there, there is a DFS element too, of like going out and playing in heavy wind. And you could, and you could see like, if you play in heavy wind, you're like, it's not even fun to play. The like your ball will be 40, 80 yards shorter than you're used to pull. And if it like goes where you're trying to hit it and you, you could tell like, okay, there's wind tomorrow, which by the way, we'll have to check if we make a lineup today. And, uh, and it matters. It yeah. matters. DFS too. All those, these guys are amazing, obviously, but still, it still matters. That's my problem too. When I watch, when I watch these guys play on the PGA tour and I'm like, you know, I'm probably as strong as these guys, if not stronger or whatever. And then I realize where they're deriving all their power just from like the subtle hip movement, you know, just all through there. And then I'm coming down, just like chopping away at a ball. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's not where you derive uh, your power. So that that's, what's frustrating to me because even when I have my best balls, I'm not getting the hip 
rotation to actually carry it far. So like even my smooth swings, I'm just hitting everything like 150, like with no variation. Cause I don't trust myself to like whip my hips around. This show is, I don't you know sound, why. <laughs> don't you know sound why. like you, you have a lot of swing thoughts in there, buddy. <laughs> I would love to play with you. Like just to see like those swing thoughts going through, you could see his mind moving before the shot. <laughs> He just hit six inches before the ball. And- we, uh, Ricky beers. I, we don't really know what this show is. Uh, <laughs> it started out as the league of legends DFS show. And, uh, no, it started out as just the anything DFS show. <laughs> and then a pandemic happened. Then we went to a league of legends. Yeah. Spags. Are you, uh, aware of the mythical origin stories of this show? Uh, no, I I feel like I was watching a, like not quite as frequently. I just didn't see it quite pop up as much during the early days of the show. And I, I know Pete, you had your your various uh, esports thought leading and all that. And I feel like that's what I know of it. But um, it's hard. It's hard to know the full mythology of the universe without keeping up with each episode. So please feel free. Yeah. To no, well, we the uh, the thought leader stuff was all after that. Our very first low show was the Rudy Gobert night. Our first ever live, I was like, I'm getting into NBA DFS. We didn't even make it, you know, an hour and a half uh, into the games getting canceled. So we were on air, you know, watching basically sports as we know it in America come to a screeching halt. That's that's tough. That's like uh, you get instant reactions though, that maybe pump the views up a little more if you, that were to happen with the audience you've built in this time. But I feel like you guys do it every week. And that, that's really the hard part of a new show is just especially during quarantine, like just actually committing to doing a show every week. Yeah, made it easier, I think. <laughs> Brian and I have made a pact that we are going to climb to the top of the video game charts on iTunes via a, a very, you know, niche DFS show. And if we I can accomplish that. that. <laughs> I can't remember my iTunes password. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that might be an issue. Um so th- maybe then someday you're going to pivot this podcast into a, you know, a golf swing podcast and <laughs> just keep pushing the exact same feed as your interest change. I feel like I went through that when I, I had all these phases as a kid where I was just into one very specific thing. Like I had my and one mixtape phase. Like I went on a trip with my parents to DC in like seventh grade and I brought my basketball with me and I'm like putting it in my shirt and doing like trick dribbles in the airport. And then I had my poker phase and I had all these spags. You seem like someone that would have phases. I've had phases during quarantine. Like I was actually, I was playing League of Legends DFS and then actually playing League of Legends until bleary eyed at three in the morning while watching it on TV um, for like a good month there. And then I was just like, I can't, I, I, I don't know. I just got sick of it like, very quickly. Um, I think that the LCS took time off and then uh, like whatever the, the Chinese and the Korean leagues took off. And I was like, all right, I is my time with league of legends can now pass as there are other things to do. I can play NASCAR. I can do MMA, but um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I've had phases like I, over my life too, but I feel like it's, um, as you get older, it's weird because you feel like you're I think you're a little more aware of it than you are as like a teenager or as a child or even as an, a younger adult where like I actually did MMA, like did training stuff for a while and like just kept getting hurt over and over again over the course of like nine months because that's what happens, obviously. And um, like I would just move on from it and I, you know, but after a while there, it's like you throw yourself all in. And as an adult, I just feel like you don't have you usually have that self-awareness to be like, oh, yeah, this, I'm just dabbling a little in League of Legends. This isn't who I am. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah. For a while, this show. I mean, we were we were preaching the four three stacking. I mean, back in the wild wild west days. Uh, I mean, that true. I know it's become such a trope cliche thing to be like, oh, it's still March, or you know, time is all distorted. But that truly does feel like an eternity ago. Waking up to watch League of Legends matches. Yeah. I, like, I want to know how the guys are doing. Like, how's um, uh, what's his name, uh, Jackie? Jackie Love. I want to know how Jackie Love's doing. I hope he's. I hope he's thriving. He's a, a great figure. Um. <laughs> Some of the LCS guys I got really attached to because I was watching those during Saturday, Sunday afternoons. And um, but I, after watching the Chinese and Korean leagues, especially Chinese, like I couldn't go back to LCS because it was just like, oh, my God, we are collectively as a nation so much worse at this game than the Chinese kids are. Uh, Peter's favorite player is Stixay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stixay was a game changer when he came in. Well, he was a game changer when he replied to my tweet when I asked him if he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah. then Stixay's mom liked the tweet. Yeah. And then I got to say Stixay's mom has got it going on. It's, oh, it's yeah. just, it was a great time. Uh, <laughs> you could have been the Justin fan of League of Legends news. <laughs> I, was, I was aiming, you know, I love Justin. Uh, I'm friends with Justin, but I was aiming for the Adam Schefter of League of Legends. So aim it a little higher than Justin there. No offense. The Kenzie. The Kenzie, yeah. I mean, God, I'm just I'm looking at my tweet deck right now and remembering when I had a column for esports. Uh, and man, the esports grinders too. That was such a funny time where all the originals they were like they were frothing at the mouth. They're like, oh, look at all this the fish money coming in. And then within like a week, they're like, they ruined it with the optimizers. <laughs> Like our boy Jake, uh, Jake Hari, who was in the chat before, I know was very into it. And he's so sharp with like stacking in hockey and stacking in baseball that he immediately went over League of Legends and was getting it right away and having good showings. And I feel like, you know, that's that's tough if that's been like your bread and butter for years. And it's like, oh, this guy who comes in with a different approach that it just makes sense with DFS. And then they're basically barnstorming you. Like that's, that's gotta be kicking the nuts. Yeah. I mean, it killed it for them in like multiple ways too, because they, did, they probably didn't have a, a dupe issue. Like I'm sure there was dupes, but it was probably, I don't know, like NASCAR ish, maybe a little, not even that bad. And so like, and then all of a sudden they're like, when they win, they still lose because they dupe <laughs> with 280 other lineups. And uh, you know it doesn't even pay for their buy-in, so like they they it must have sucked sucked for them. I'm sure some of them won, but yeah, I, to me, like I missed the draft street and all those days because I just I I was late to DFS because I was just like ah, I don't I don't know like it seems a little bit flimsy and then I just didn't get in and I missed all those gigantic paydays. But I kind of assume that's what it was that first like three week window of League of Legends. I know Pete, you've talked about this before, but like you're doing well and it's like wow, like nobody knows what they're doing. This is fantastic. XFL was the same way. Like I just wish I had like had that same entrepreneurial kind of a wild west spirit really, where you're going out and blazing that trail and trying to pan for gold. Yeah, that is the hard thing too about, you know, if you want to devote the time to being a true thought leader in the space, and you always have that moment where you're like, all right, this is, there's no going back from this. If I'm going to be the guy that's grinding all of this news in all the discords, you know, doing all of this. And uh, time after time, I haven't found myself making those sacrifices. <laughs> It's time in like putting in the time to just do the DFS part too. Like you have to be there for when the lineups go in. So like League of Legends, you have to wake up or, or set your uh, alarm and wake up depending on which slate and who's playing. And like remember E-NASCAR was another example of this that was a big edge there for like a month. But you had to be there for that last 12 minutes and figure out how to switch things really quickly. But like yeah, they're, they're, the edges are there. I think um, – 
I bet tennis is a probably a big, pretty big edge right now. I haven't played in a while, but I played last year. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I know a lot of people were disappointed that there wasn't preseason uh, NFL for that mm-hmm. DFS action. I know there's some guys that absolutely love that because it's a news grinders paradise for who can sift through yeah. and get a read. Because at that point, it's all just about playing time. You just want whoever is going to play the most. And so if you're grinding every one of those beat reports, uh, you'll have an advantage. There was yeah, one point where we were doing preseason NFL content for Osmo and, and Tom, the CEO, who's like so great or whatever, but um, and in a lot of different ways had asked me like, Hey, do you want to do this coverage? And I was just like, uh, no, like I, <laughs> I have no interest at all. I have no idea what's going on. I'll be ready week one to do that stuff. But like preseason just seems so hard to do while like you're trying to do another job. Like for me, it's covering uh, during the summer has been covering baseball. And I feel like preseason is one of those where if you're not paying the full most attention, even if you are, you're going to miss out on that one guy, like that one wide receiver who was a target monster and then gets cut from the team the next day. And I feel like that's, I don't miss that. I'm ready for just to go right to week one. Let's not waste our time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Did you ever do projections for uh, preseason NFL DFS? No, no, fuck no. That's way way too much work. Like I'd rather spend time working on my model and my process and stuff like that, which I, I start, I need to start doing a little more here for NFL. We're we're creeping up on it. Yeah. I mean, we're, is it two or three weeks from tomorrow? Three weeks. Uh, Three, I think. Three weeks. Yeah. 10th, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's three, three from tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going like that's one of the reasons I'm enjoying watching Hard Knocks is because I'm getting like that tingly football yeah. feeling where every year, you know, come August, you know, you're doing home league drafts with friends and stuff like there's always just this feeling in the air. And this year it hasn't really been there. And watching Hard Knocks is one of those triggers that I'm like, okay, football is almost here. And I was I was watching it and I was fantasizing about that Thursday night kickoff. I'm like, that is going to feel so good to have that back. I wonder if any season-long sites are losing subs because people are like, let's just not do our league this year. You know, if we can't do it together, I don't, we'll wait till next year, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. Like, I'm in a couple of my longtime, you know, hometown leagues and stuff, and in the pessimism kind of varied. You know, there's some people that are just like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. The league's going to shut down after week five. Like, why are we even bothering? Uh, some people are like, who cares? Let's just let it fire. I mean, at this point, I am I'm pretty confident. I still think it's going to be a bit of a shit show, but I think football is just going to forge through anything. At this point. I, yeah, I think it's going to be MLB. I think I said that earlier, but like, I think that's sort of where I've landed where, you know, and NFL has put in more planning, not quite to the NBA levels, I think has been uh, hard to argue. They've been the best in terms of handling it and, and actually putting in the work and put it a hundred page document of preparation that has consult like consultations with scientists and all that. Like clearly you've done the legwork. I don't think the NFL has gone quite that far, but even again, watching hard knocks, you see them putting the face masks on and they're like, Hey, do you want to wear the face mask? I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like these guys are actually thinking about virus spread and all that. I bet you're going to get to a spot though, where you have, you know, one or two games fall off and you know, especially in the beginning, kind of like the Marlins, the reds, like those ones we had in baseball. But I think the hope is you still get like, if, if you get 12 games a week, like it's going to suck if you built your team around, you know, that and season long. But I think if we're still getting 12 to whatever, 14 games a week for the most part, like you're probably pretty happy with that. You make it to the finals and the best ball Millie maker and, and, and your main guy goes down with COVID. That was, <laughs> the NBA is a little different though. People give them a lot of credit and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. They, they've done a good job, but like, it's a lot easier when you have like, it's not that long in the, in these last past couple of weeks, 
the the players know like the playoffs are coming up boys like you know what i mean let's take this seriously we got we got they all know that only the playoff teams half the league's not even there yeah. and and you know they're just sticking around for the playoffs so like it's and and they they did the bubble thing because it's so short so like if you do this whole full football season baseball's only 60 games you do a full football season i'm i'm a little more optimistic than everyone else too but so but i'm just saying like comparing it to the nba i think it's given the nba a little too much credit uh when everyone says they're like this great you know beacon of of science or whatever well and yeah i mean the nfl the it's just orders of magnitude harder from a scheduling and personnel standpoint to pull off what some of these other leagues. I, I saw some, <laughs> the uh, Mad Lab, the uh, the MMA towel. He had a tweet where he's like, "I bet every sports league wishes they had a Dana White leading them right now." I'm like, "I bet every sports league wishes their matches were two guys in a ring. That would make things a lot easier than having you know 150 person enterprises to make these games happen for one organization." So. I, I just – it's not even comparable to me. Well, answer his question, though. Who would you rather have running the NFL? Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Your point, your point answer is truthfully. taken. Answer truthfully. Your point is taken, but I think Roger Goodell could do just – he would have pulled off what Dana did with UFC, whereas uh, I think – I do agree with your premise, though, that Dana would do better uh, with the NFL. He just seems like – someone that wouldn't be as much of a puppet. Honestly, it's kind of fascinating because those are two different roles. Like Roger Goodell is a puppet for the owners and Dana White is just like, whatever I want to get done, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah, Dana White's more of a traditional CEO or, you know, or even kind of a dictator depending upon the the time of, of week or the, the fight card and who he's dealing with. And yeah, I agree. Like Goodell is just very much the toe in the line. I feel like even though, you know, to his credit, I think with some of the stuff this year, which, you know, we, we don't need to get too much into, but I feel like he has, I think, maybe take a little more leadership there of trying to at least placate some of the athletes' concerns and, you know, like being to being there to listen to guys like Mahomes, who he really has to listen to, to for the social awareness stuff. And I you know, I, I'm optimistic, but I probably shouldn't be because it's Goodell, and we know at this point we, what we're getting there. And it's a dude is happy to get that $35 million paycheck a year, and I don't blame him. I, you know, I believe I believe the term dictator actually is from CEO of company. I could check that, but that's where the term comes from. Like dictator was like originally the CEO of a company. There huh. you go. Guys, I think it's time for the hit segment where we build a lineup that doesn't even slide up the cash line. <laughs> <laughs> so, Spags, uh, every week we build a lineup, uh, we go around the horn, and it just bombs miserably. In the process, we tank our own lineups by putting in guys we have heavy exposure on in this lineup. I'm actually starting to come around to Brian's reverse jinx approach to this because my approach is not working. Against okay. my will. We need. I'll check the weather while. Why don't you guys start it up? <laughs> I've yeah. got a golf data sheet, so I'm ready for this because I I built one because I felt like I was flying blind here, and I you know like I enjoy the projections at Osmo, like that's what I've been using for the most part to build on Cruncher. But I built like my strokes gain analysis. I built all that stuff. I've been I'm ready for this. I'm shockingly more ready for this than I for, <laughs> for than I should be. I should be this ready for all things I do for work. <laughs> I right now for this golf. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know. I normally, uh, I'll get things started by saying in my, uh, my crunch, my top lineup, right. Uh, exposure, sorry, is Justin Rose. I have him coming in at 38%. Justin Rose. How does that make you feel Spags? 
I was getting him a lot when I ran the optimizer and I actually, I don't very much like it now that I'm looking at the numbers. Um, he did not, he's not gaining a lot on the striking. He's not, his ball striking has been kind of weak, just gaining uh, 0.265 strokes gain per round. So that's not the best. Um, probably due for some positive regression though. He hasn't had the biggest sample size, only played 34 rounds. So Look, I'm playing him too. I just think that I, I might. This is one of those dudes who jumps out to me as like, oh, I'm probably going to regret this with how much I'm getting him on Cruncher right now. See, now I'm at peace. If you guys don't want to play Justin Rose, good. That means he'll go off. He'll go <laughs> off in my lineups, in 38% of my lineups. Uh, Brian, uh, do we have it? Does anyone have any course notes here? I don't even know what this is. The, this is this tournament is called the Beantown Battle. That's not the name of the PGA contest, is it? The Northern. No, it's the Northern Trust. The Northern Trust Beantown Battle really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, so Spags, one of my conflicting things is I don't ever want to use up one of my online, you know, banking a big tournament on a five hundred thousand dollar tournament. Like I just feel like I don't want people to refer to me as a five hundred thousand dollar heir. That that I'd rather not win than have to deal with that. No, that's a, that would be great shame to your entire family. I'm sure your wife would not want to look at you after you brought home a paltry $500,000 instead of that million. <laughs> My wife, who it was two Saturdays ago, she knew I was up late watching MMA and I came down the stairs and I swear to God, the literal first thing out of her mouth was, did you win money in MMA last night? Let me guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Nice to see you as well. And also you're correct. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyways, Spags, do you have a guy? You have the sheet. We will give you the honors of putting your first player in here. So, uh, you know what? I like if I were going to approach this in an intelligent way, like one should professionally, I would say it's probably Justin Thomas or Morikawa. Uh, two guys who are great at ball striking, um, also pretty good on the approach. Uh, 1.1 strokes gain uh, per round on the approach for Thomas, one for Morikawa. The approach, from what I could tell from the history at the Northern Trust, is where. Uh, a lot of these guys have made the most gains, including even uh, DeChambeau a couple years ago when he won. Um, that said, there's a guy who I like playing the cheap guys and hoping that one of them hits so I feel really smart. And I think for me, that's going to be Cameron Smith, I think, is the dude. Um, his his numbers don't jump off as great, but he's a good putter. Um, his odds of landing in the... Actually, no, is it Cameron Smith? Yeah, I think Cameron Smith's the one I've been getting too much of. Um Cam Champ, too. I like really any Cameron. If you want to go double Camerons, I don't mind that. Um, should we give him the double Cameron? <laughs> well, we, also, we also do have a little uh, rule we try to like stay under a certain. Oh, yeah, we should tell yeah. Brian, tell him the rule. So, well, I mean, it depends on how much ownership there is each week, but it's usually like whatever, 80 or something. So we try to stay under like 50, 55% total ownership just to give us some sort of little game to play. Basically, we want an excuse when the lineup bombs that we're not just eating that dumb chalk. We will never build a chalky lineup on that. The goal of these lineups we build is for the chat to have a visceral negative reaction to it, where people are just like, I, I, never in a million years. One guy a few weeks ago PayPal, Venmoed me $20 because he said, there's no way even three of your guys make the cut. And he was a man of his word and tracked me down on Venmo. <laughs> So that's what we're trying to do is make a gross lineup. That said, I have zero Cameron Smith. Oh, actually, you know what? I, I did screw up my Camerons. Cameron Davis is the one I want. So you can go actually go triple Cameron now. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was going to say, let me see if I have any Cameron Davis. You know, Cameron Davis, pretty good ball striker. Uh, has had enough of sample size. Also good driving, 308 driving distance for him. Accuracy, not the best, but the greens, I feel like are pretty easy to hit from what I could tell. 
Um, so yeah, Cameron Davis was the one I was thinking, not not Cameron Smith. Fuck that guy. I don't need him. <laughs> what ownership do you have Cameron Davis at, Brian? I told you I didn't. Oh, do you it. Don't have, okay, but right. uh, he's going to be low owned. So. He's going to be. I've low got him at one point five. A little bit. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Give away that content, sir. I mean, wow. look, I, I don't think they would mind. Go to osmo.com slash join. They'll, they'll always take my plugs. I'm my, it's one <laughs> thing I'm good at in life. Shilling for Osmo. It's just like, why would you buy the cow when you can get the Cameron Davis ownership for free? You know, <laughs> How much is, uh, his only fans is $3 right now. Get in, get in on Cameron Davis. Okay. So we're going to rock the Cam Davis. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he's, he's fine. He, he kind of goes like, um, He's kind of all over the place. So that's good in, in uh, DFS PGA. There we go. All right, Brian. It's on you. Flying blind. We're just going to get what? narrative hot takes. Yes, you got it. You got <laughs> it. You know. How about a little revenge? A, a lull's revenge narrative. I love it. Brian Moore. I don't even remember the revenge. Uh, when do you two weeks ago? Or last last week. week, that was our our tout of the week, basically. But wasn't he everybody's tout of the week? He was like twenty percent owned. Yeah, he was he was he was twenty percent owned, and and still worth it is what I said. <laughs> 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 See, I'm looking at my exposures, and normally I have a couple just out of left field names at the top, and I feel like maybe I'm just I'm getting more familiar with golf to where I recognize these guys. I'd say my most non household name would be like Matthew Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 23%. I like Fitzpatrick this week, and um, I would guess his ownership should be like 13. Okay. You don't need to be a great putter to win on this course, I think is the one thing that jumped out, and that's sort of Fitzpatrick's main thing. So I might not be inclined to go that way, but I'm not going to argue it. I am. He's, he's perfectly fine. I don't see anything wrong with him. So Kyle says, I love Davis and absolutely hate more stolid start. We, I would be concerned. I would redo this lineup if you loved it so far. We, we cannot have people loving it. Yeah, we've never made a lineup anyone, including us, like. No, this is a masochistic exercise, and we will see it through. It is back to you, Spags. Are you going to keep the Cameron train rolling, or are you going to mix it up? Well, we got a lot of money left now, so I think we got yeah, to start a lot to of money spend. and ownership, too. So you could feel free to take whoever you want. Uh, let's see one guy I've been getting, oh man. So Scotty Scheffler came through for me the last time, uh, that I played him in a big way. And I feel like I'm a little tempted to go back there, but, um, let's see who's better on the approach. So Victor Hovland is right there too. And I, he's got pretty good odds to make the top 10 relative to the price point, And I like his stats. He's, he's not a great closer, which is a stupid data point, but that's one that I, I know has always kind of dogged him as a younger player, but. I like his numbers here. I think he's a guy who can make the jumps. So I'll go Hovland. All right. Let's do Him it. Him and Matsuyama are two guys that I, I probably play too much of generally when they're in this price point. And I think that's, yeah. I, and I, I hate that I know that about golf now. Like, I don't like I don't want to have to get these biases against these guys because I really don't care. I, I want them all to do well. Like, see, what I've learned is having no biases actually doesn't help you out is what I've learned because I have no biases and I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> did you win an MMA over the weekend? MMA has been my best sport since League of Legends. I've been doing like consistently. Yeah, I heard you say that, Spags. That that's uh, that's been your kind of go-to as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like not this weekend. This weekend, I was a little heavy on Cormier, but um, and missed some of the guys who ended up going off uh, for I uh, like ten percent ownership. There are too many guys, which I feel like that normally doesn't happen, but it's fun. I mean, it's it's pretty much you're just doing it like a six way parlay, which I think was some sort of consideration for like you can get all winners but still not have the best fantasy performance. But 
Um, I enjoy it, man. It's just like fun. It's fun to do it on a Saturday night. Like probably more fun if, if it were like the old days where you could hang out with people and have some beers and watch the fights and all that. But great product and the DFS product, I think for the most part, like you're either having a great week or you're getting shelled. And I think that's probably how it should always be in DFS. We do we do live companion streams. We've done two now, Peter, three. We I think just two because we had the one with John and we had the one without John with Randone. <laughs> with Randone, which got thousands of views. Yeah, the KTOV stands came out for that stream uh, that I promptly deleted from my Periscope. I do have it saved, and one day I will cut up clips uh, when I feel comfortable and have enough distance from that night. <laughs> Did Randone have a good showing on the show, though? I feel like his, his stock market, in terms of being an expert in the stock markets, like... To his credit, I don't know if he actually knows anything. I, you know, I've heard miss, you know, different opinions on that. But man, he's really fan of the flames of whatever he's doing. He's a published author. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, credibility. It is my turn. Uh, just so many names I know. I've become too much of a PGA thought leader. I am what I hate. Look at the salary we got left. 10 okay all right that's a clue brian's giving me a clue i hope this isn't a clue like your your prop bet clue that i misinterpret maybe be a little more overt with who you are okay you know what i'm doing 10 percent. that's the fucking clue on the prop bet sheet yeah before before quarantine back in the day people used to tell me peter rory mcelroy is the best golfer on the planet Mm -hmm. they told me this and i believe them and I keep playing him, and I keep playing him, and I'm going to play him this week at 10-8. Rory McIlroy is in our lineup, and he's going to win this thing, the Beantown battle. He's taking it down. Okay. It's, is, Wood, is, is, is Tiger 95? What is he at? He's 8-7 on DK. Oh, is he that low? Oh, my God. He's apparently he's got a really good course history. I saw, which I, I, I try not to look too much into because that's kind of burned me in the past, but he's been very good at CPC Boston. Hmm. I kind of want a tiger in there, but that's a lot. How much we leave it on the table at that? Point? Did you say this tournament is in Boston? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's closer to Rhode Island than Boston, but yeah, it's the TPC Boston course. Dude, if we have a sweat Sunday, Brian, I'll drive out there. <laughs> I'll yell, "Get in the hole!" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, pop tiger in there really quick. Just I like tiger. I, I was actually going to suggest tiger earlier, and I, I like that pick. See, eight hundred left. It's a little. Hey, no, that's good though. I feel like for the big tournament, I wouldn't mind that. No, I know Brian. Brian thinks that's way too much power to lose for golf. Really, I'm surprised that you uh, that you wouldn't be willing. I feel like up for a grand in golf, like I'll, I'll be okay with it for the most part. Um, well, yeah, like because crazy things happen in golf. I agree, but like you don't, um, you don't have to do that. Golf's not as dupey as people think. I, I is my opinion, but um, hmm. yeah, I saw somebody. Like the Ryan Dowd or Ray Jones or one of those guys years ago, like when they got in trouble for making lineups with their buddy, they said they capped the lineup at like 90, 40, 49.5 to avoid dupes in the Millie Maker. I'm like, I don't think you need to do that. I don't think yeah. you need to I, I've noticed that people are a little more afraid for good chalk, but I don't like, I also don't know. I haven't played golf long enough. I've only been playing for whatever the event started back up for the quarantine, but, um, and I feel like people like are avoiding chalk too much in golf, where if you have the guy and he's got great odds to make the top 10 or the top five, like I wouldn't mind going to him. Cause for the most part, I, those guys are so much better than the guys in the 6,000 to 7,000 range. Even. Um, I would be fine with burger or Cantley. 
I mean, obviously all yeah. those all those guys are good. Why don't we put Brooks in, even though he's not playing for like a like a like a a Reed New York Knicks comeback story? Comeback wow. This is like a siege level take. You try to get him <laughs> just coming out of the woodworks, he re-enrolls in the tournament. And, and and with our history with Brooks, right? It'd be like the ultimate narrative. It's true. It's true. Uh, or we we could upgrade if you want to upgrade salary somewhere else. I mean, how about this, Brian? You picked Ryan Moore. Yeah. We can either upgrade your guy Ryan Moore, or we eat the eight hundred salary. We put this okay, on. Let's look, let's look at the seven thousands then. Okay. I so do that, I do like that revenge narrative. That would give us seventy nine. You still you reserve the right. Scientifically you know? proven. It is <laughs> to be positive EV. Um. Hmm. Sung JM, Cameron Champ, Spief, Matt Wolf's awesome. I was getting a lot of Woodland earlier, but he's going to be pretty owned. I mean, Billy Horschel's a good player that that salary. Hmm. Um, over my boy Ryan Moore though, comeback. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd rather just leave the eight hundred. Okay, I like it. Unless one of you guys has a take, I don't care. Uh, um, well, considering, uh, I guess Spags has done the most research of all of us. I did my lineups, but know nothing. And you haven't done your lineup. So I think this is as good as we're going to get. Okay. I like it. I think, and I hopefully, how does this work when it wins? Like, do we just all get a cut or do I have to like, do we have to sue Pete? Like, is that how, how does it work? So uh, Brian and I, uh, we have an uh, under the table arrangement that involves human trafficking. Uh, <laughs> You, you are you are in on this. You know what? You and your friends. Normally, I make the guests send me eight dollars and thirty three cents. <laughs> but for you spending your time to come on this show, it's on me. Your oh, wow. on me. You have one third right. And like I said, if this thing is in the hunt, I'm driving down. I'm driving down to sweat this in real life. So, Pete, if this makes like thirty three dollars, are you going to send them a third of thirty three dollars? I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word, but I will also send him uh, a tax form. Uh, <laughs> I'm being paid as a contractor by Pete. <laughs> right now, don't have to worry about a 1099. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> thank you we so much. Make, we should make we should make whoever ends up winning something with us. They have to recoup all of our losses first. They get nothing. Yeah, five hundred k. Yeah, we. This is actually an LLC, and you need to make us whole on all of our debt up to this point, <laughs> and then we'll pay you out. Uh, so basically, we have to win one of these tournaments before someone can make a profit. The house always wins. That's how. You all right, Greg, what do you What do you want to plug? Vegas Insiders Twitter account followed by Cash Out King. Anything else? Uh, yeah, follow at Chris Spags. Watch, uh, you know, maybe. Hey, Pete, I hear maybe we'll have something a brewing perhaps in the future, but I, I think they should watch out for that the most and should watch all the Pete and Brick shows. I feel like you guys uh, both grind in during quarantine, getting hours of content in. So that's my that's my real plug is uh, the, and also I'm going to charge you guys back for that. So now when it'll come off the top of whatever winnings we have from the golf tournament, but. Um, great, great show here. And it's been a pleasure seeing you guys. And, uh, you know, I enjoy the show. I watch, I watched the Jake episode fully. Like I was just here with like a little fanboy. Well, we get it. That's the one you watch fully. You came for Jake. He came. <laughs> he's a dream. He's a fucking dreamy guy. I don't know what you want. <laughs> sick of bringing on all these young heartthrobs, Brian. When don't we get the ogre on the show? 
Uh, uh, whenever you want, I'll, I'll, I'll take an ogre. Any, anytime. <laughs> uh, all right. Also check us out on iTunes. We are headed to the top of the video game rankings, lulls on iTunes and red circle. Uh, one of us will post the, a link to that. Check out spags. Congratulations on a great run at Osimo in a new gig at fantasy insiders for Brian, for myself, for Rory McElroy. This has been lulls. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.